And good morning to you who are online. My name is Pastor Mona Stevens, and um, we're thankful that you've joined us this morning. I believe God has a word for us and a word for this season. You know, we only have seasons in our lives. We sometimes think that we have to stay there forever, but it's really how we handle our seasons, how, how long we're going to navigate in there. And I don't know about you, but now we're in the season of winter, and we've had this beautiful storm this morning and during the night. And I just want to thank the Lord for the freshness of white because I don't know about you it's just beautiful isn't it and so for you that are online you are probably cozied up to your pajamas and whatever else uh, you've missed it it's really nice out there but for those that are in house I want to thank you for coming and for faring the roads to just show up and say God I want to hear from you do you want to hear from God this morning well I'm going to pray before we start because I've been up since three and I just don't want to Okay, I'm here. I don't want to fall asleep. And so I do need God's presence. Amen? And so if you can pray with me, I would really welcome that. For you online, join me as I pray as well for preparation for this message to just go forth with simplicity. Amen? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. We thank you and we honor you. And we know, Lord, that without you we can do nothing. And I agree that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords over my life. And I yield. I yield all of my aspirations, all of what I thought I should have done this day. And God, I, uh, I humble myself towards you. And I'm asking you for grace, for a sustaining hand. And know, Lord, that I acknowledge my need of you this morning. My body is weak, but my heart is willing. And God, I'm asking, Lord, that you would touch everyone that is here today and those that are online. God, give me the strength to get through this, because truly I need you this morning. And God, we all need you in one way, shape, or form. So we invite you in, Holy Spirit, to just tug at our hearts and let us know what you're trying to speak to us this day. Amen. Amen. I went this morning, yesterday, all day, as I was seeking God. This week was just a, I don't know, are you, are you guys distracted? Are, are you buzzed out? I don't know about you. Yet this Christmas is so different for us, uh, for me. I mean, I'm entering in knowing that everything is different, but everything is the same. Kind of sounds like an oxymoron, but we kind of know the story of Christmas is the same. Yet we enter in this with just, uh, just people are just... They're just so without hope. Even the people of God. There's some people of God who are just foregoing Christmas altogether. Hold on. You know, just like for me, I've realized that as I was seeking God, thinking of something that I, I felt that the Lord wanted me to bring today, I just had no peace about it the whole day. I started at 5 o'clock yesterday morning, went and plugged away until 8 o'clock to find out there was nothing. I'm going, okay, God, I'm going to go to bed, and I know that you're going to show me what needs to be done. I'll get up at four, and I'll just plug away again. You want to speak to your people. I'm in the way. Move me out of the way. Three o'clock in the morning, we get a phone call, da-ding, and I was sound asleep, and it was Roy Alarms that tells us that, that actually the alarm is going off and that they've already dispatched the RCMP to the church. And I'm, I'm like half asleep, and you're saying, the guy says, are you okay? Is everything okay next door? And I went, okay, hold on. I can't see the church from my room. So I'm going downstairs in the living room, and I check, and there was really nothing. So I kind of knew. I wake up my husband. We kind of know what's going on. It's probably the wind tunnel that pushed the door open again. And it was really accurate. That's what, what happened. So my 
my husband gets dressed, goes to church, does what he needs to do. He leaves, and then we see the, the, the car, the, 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 the uh, police. Usually they don't come. They usually cancel them, and that's what he says, I'll cancel the RCMP, but they didn't. They still came because they wanted to make sure we were okay and the church was okay. And so they phone home and say, are you guys good? Is everything okay? We see steps in the snow. My husband said, oh, those are mine. <laughs> and so I go back to bed, and I'm going, okay, now I can sleep for a few more hours. And all of a sudden, I could not sleep. And God kept on saying, the alarm has sounded. The alarm has sounded. I went, yes, yes, I know, I know. And I went, oh, okay, you want me to get up? <laughs> it took me a little while to figure it out. So I got up and went down. And this is what he gave me. We're living as lights. We should be living as lights in a dark world. Do you believe with me and agree with me that it's very dark out there? The media is dark. Entertainment is dark. Everything's dark. Politi uh, po politics is dark. And we have absolutely no control over anything. But we do have a control how we are going to respond to this darkness. And the scriptures are very clear that the church has an awesome role to play in today's world. And as more and more people are looking for truth, we need to become beacons of lights to show them the way to God. But what I'm seeing, that alarm that I feel God is sending out and has been sending out since the beginning of COVID-19, was that the people of God have forgotten that they are beacons of light. They have forgotten that we are the light that dispenses darkness. We have darkness all around us. Ephesians 5, 8 says this, God calls us to live as children of light. He wants us to live in such a way that we can quickly and often without knowing at times, illuminate dark spaces and help the world around us heal and feel safe. But you know, when I talk to most people who are children of light, they don't see themselves as light. They don't see life through the perception that God has called them children of light. See, light is one of the most prevalent themes throughout the entire Bible. A thread starts in Genesis 1 when God says, let there be light, to Revelations 22 when he says, as he sets up his kingdom, we would not need any lamp or light, light of the sun, for the Lord God will give off light. When we are there with him, his brilliance, his glory will give out such a light, we won't need any lamps. So we hear Jesus as well tell his disciples in Matthew 5, 14 to 16. Now this is a pretty awesome, the whole chapter is an excellent chapter because it starts off with the Beatitudes. And he goes in with these metaphors of what we should be. He talks about the salt, but now he talks about the light. He says in verse 14, you are the light of the world, like a city in a, a, on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed uh, on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Now, the good deeds here, he's not talking about works. He's talking about who we are and what we should be reflecting if we are the light of the world. Now, 
You've probably read this verse many, many times, and you've made the connection that Jesus is the light of the world, and since he sent his Holy Spirit to live inside believers, those who have received and confessed him as Lord and, and Savior, the Holy Spirit lives within us, so if he lives within us, then we should shine. So what's happened? Why is it that it's not that truth that defines us as we go to the gym and the supermarket and go to work? Why is it that there's so many other things defining us as opposed to us being called children of light? Now, we have this opportunity to shine our lights in this dark time in history. But I believe the church is so busy self-preserving, maintaining, and surviving this pandemic that we've all together forgot that we, can, we have an opportunity. That how do you think that God is going to demonstrate his love to, to a lost world if we are hiding out? It's like this verse. We hide our lamp under a basket. Well, who can see my lamp if I'm hiding at home 24-7 because I'm afraid to get the virus? Now, trust me when I tell you, I do my due diligence. I do my hands. I wear my mask. I do my distance. But don't you know that my steps are already ordered? <laughs> don't you know that if God said I was going to die tomorrow, there is absolutely nothing I can do about that tomorrow? Do you not know that God has already said, Mona, these are your numbers. This is when you are going to die. And because I know I'm in his faithful hands, I do not fear death. But I don't want to shirk away from being a child of light, neither. Because I'm so concerned about what's going to happen with the vaccine and how long it's going to take. No, beloved, we need to realign. We need to stop hiding our light under a basket. Some of us are so fearful and anxious. We're so downtrodden with, with a lot of burdens that have come our way that we don't care. We go to the stores, we do this, we do that, but there's no burden to be a light for anyone else. Some of us, our light is so dim that many people can't see the reflection of God in us. So the question before us is this. What does it mean to live as lights? What does it require for us to be those lights? Now in Matthew 5, the verse we just read, the Greek word means to shine and make manifest. We're shining water, making manifest what? The presence of God. His attributes, his character, his nature. To make, it also means is to make clear. This implies uncovering of something that was there but hadn't previously been seen or understood. So this is what it really means. Let me break it down. As believers, we are to uh, illuminate. That means emit a light. We are to shine and reflect it, reflect it into the dark. We are also asked to expose and reveal what does not reflect God in his ways and those who are called children of light. Trust me, not a whole lot of people are very happy when people go to them and expose things that don't reflect their God. We shine or expose darkness indirectly simply by living moral lives. Just if I am living right before God, a holy life means a lifelong, a lifelong effort to, to follow the way of Christ who reveals to us God and his love for all creation. That means it's a believer who is 
understanding the authority and the sovereignty of God in their lives, that they let Jesus, the Holy Spirit, rule and reign in their life. And the evidence of it is that holy life. I can't do it without the Holy Spirit. But also, it also means that we need to expose and reveal darkness by directly calling it sin. So if I have a sister and brother who are actually not walking well and they're not not reflecting God, listen, beloved, we have to sound the trumpet. Because really, truly, when you think about it, if I love you enough to say, hey, listen, I'm going to illuminate, I'm going to bring warmth to you, I'm going to show you what God is saying in the word, but I need to expose and reveal those areas that don't reflect what God is saying in his word. Beloved, people know when you're just playing. People know when you say one thing and you live out another. You see, your testimony, your influence diminishes. I don't want you to have a testimony testimony without power are you kidding life is already hard I want you to walk around with power I want you to know who you are in Christ but I also want you to understand we can't just live the way we want to live and think that people are going to see the Jesus in you it just doesn't work and we're at this time where people are looking for the light people are in a dark place wanting to see life as it should he said can't you says this While Christ was on the earth, he exposed the false teaching of the Pharisees and the scribes. He exposed the corruption taking place in the temple. You remember reading that, didn't you? All right. It should be the same with believers. They shine light on dishonest practices in other believers like gossip, corruption amongst believers when you're cheating the government and you think you could and you should and you think it's okay. Or when you're calling out actions that don't line up with the word. It's amazing. People say, oh, you're too judgmental. Are you kidding me? I can judge you. As a matter of fact, God calls me to do it within the church body. Because, you see, God said, if you are the light, Maya, you need to reflect him. You need to reflect him. Now, we understand, and he goes on to say this. We're, we, we, we are believers who need to call out actions that don't live up to God's truth. This often angers people. So the question we need to ask yourself, why is it that we're not willing to call something out in other people's lives? See, a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm just giving them time, I'm loving them. And it could be. But what if these people are in this place for years and no one tells them? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that what we call love? No, I I don't think so. I think we're loving ourselves more than we're loving them. You see, it comes to a time when we know our sister and brother are dying right before us, and their light is so dim that we can't even recognize them, that we need to take that stand and say, hey, beloved, let me shine a light on what God says about your lifestyle right here. Because God loves you so much, he's called you by his name, and he has told you that you need to shine at this particular moment because we are in a part of history that is so dark, we have an opportunity. We have an opportunity. So the question is, so if God's spirit is calling us to stand against what's wrong, it is up to us to be faithful. It's up to us to be faithful and to stand with that individual and to talk to them about what God is saying. So how will we combat and help those who we love who are walking in darkness? We need to shine 
the light. We need to shine the light. It's easy for us to hear the statement like you are the light of the world and forget that it's not actually about us, but his light. The light we reflect comes 100% from God. Let me prove this to you. 2 Corinthians 4, 3, 6, it says this, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of God, who is the image of God. Verse 5. For what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servant for Jesus' sake. For who, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts. Who made the light shine in our hearts? God. So whose light is it? God. To give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. In your light, is your light reflecting the light of God into the darkness around you? Is it, it, can you ask yourself this question? Is your light shining? Is it shining in your families, in your coworkers, for your neighbors? Are they seeing the life of Christ, meaning his characters play out in you? Whether through honesty, graciousness, patience, love, compassion, just all of these things that should flow out of us because it's his light. And sometimes we hinder the work of the Holy Spirit thinking that we have to manufacture the light. No, it's his light. And if we're not shining those things, we're not revealing to them, why would they want what we have? Now, many of God's people are overcome by this darkness that we're living in right now. Would you agree? Well, I talk to a lot of my brothers and sisters or even other leaders around the world. They are discouraged. They are so filled with what's going on that they forgot this mandate to be the light. And we have to see what the scripture says. It says here, John 1, 4, 5, in him was life and that life was the light of all mankind. So Jesus was the light of all mankind. He says, the light shines in darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Did, did you hear that? No matter how dark this world will become in the days to come, you need to remember the Jesus that's in you through the Holy Spirit can overcome pretty much anything. But we are so defined by the gossip and the negative and the mentality that we live in or that we go to work in is that it's that that defines us. And so what we try, what we do after a while is we start reflecting what the world is reflecting to us. And we need to make a choice today. We need to understand that that light will overcome anything that you face. Do you want to know if your light has dimmed? Do you want to know if you're reflecting God? Well, there's a scripture. It's kind of a litmus test. It's a great test to take and apply for ourselves. And this is what it is. 1 John 1, 5 to 7. This is the message we have heard from him and declared to you. God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship 
with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, listen to this, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Now, this doesn't tell us that we're sinless. No, we are going to sin. But we, for us that know that we have the light and the love of Christ in us, we don't worry about our sin. We don't worry about our failure. We do get up and we actually confess, surrender, and repent from it and walk again under the rule and reign of Christ. One more time, understanding that when I am in fellowship with him, we, I will be in fellowship with you and others will see. Now, this quote, I love this quote. I want you to listen to it. It says, fellowship with God isn't validated by your lips. It's validated by your walk. Should I say it again? Fellowship with God isn't validated by your lips. It's validated by your walk. And it's demonstrated purely and solely through how you are getting along with people and also if you're connecting with the body. You see, many of us, we don't find it a problem. We are comfortable without the community of believers. And let me tell you that, that's God's revealed will is that we let us come together. There is a reason for it because we need to be accountable. There's a reason for it because that's when the revelation, the revealing, exposing happens. So if you're not with any community of believers and no one's speaking into your life, nothing gets exposed and you stay in darkness. And while you are walking, you're so ineffective for the kingdom that nobody can see the reflection of God's love through you. You may be speaking, but they are watching your walk. I've made a decision that if I have any discrepancy, I'm not going to wait for somebody to come and see me. <laughs> because if, I'm, if I get somebody to come and see me, it's because I'm not listening to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's job is to point those things in my life. He reveals it. He exposes because what? He loves me. And he wants me to shine my light wherever I go. He doesn't want me to be a hindrance to the work that he has through me to other people because people are dying by the throats. People are suffering. People are taking their lives. People are despondent, discouraged, and without hope. And we have it all. Yet... Because we don't understand that light is purely from God, we get defined by what we live. So it comes to a place where, where and how do we reflect God's light to others? At the very heart, it means this. When people see us and interact with us, it should be like an interaction with our Father. They should get what He's like. There's a lot of silence here this morning. Am I too loud? Too fast? Too quick? I'm passionate about this because we're living at such a time as this. No more playing with the things of God, beloved. It is time that we stand and be the children that we are called out to be. And when you do that, God will usher in a power, an enablement, and an ability to speak into that darkness, even though it's so dark, you don't even know how you're going to get through it. But he does. And so he says, this is what he says here. How do I know 
this is to be true. How do I know that people should be seeing the reflection in my life? Why, you know, is it just me making this up? No, let me show you some scriptures. Because there's a lot of verses that clarify this and what we're supposed to be remade in the image of Christ. Now he says, verse Romans 12, we know this one. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed in, uh, in the image of his son. And then 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this, so all of us who have had that veil removed, you see, when we come to Jesus, that veil is removed and we can see clear. And he says, and we reflect the glory of the Lord and the Lord who is the spirit makes us more and more like him as we are changed into what? His glorious image. So beloved, if you are stuck, you know, when I'm stuck and I'm, I start justifying what I'm doing, I know I'm already in trouble. <laughs> If I make excuses for what I'm doing and what I'm doing doesn't reflect Jesus, I'm already in trouble. So forget about you guys coming to rebuke me. I'm just going straight to the Father because I know that I'm not reflecting him. So what do you think our purpose is here on earth? It's to reflect his love, his heart to all those who don't know him. And sometimes we need to understand, just like Matthew 5, he says, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. If we are remade, that is what people should see is him. If it's not, then God may not even recognize us when it comes that time, when we face him. And there's a warning in Matthew 7, 22, 23. It says, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me who practice lawlessness. Now, this word lawlessness means an utter disregard for God. That means we actually give him the rules and the standards to live by. No, God is God. He's not your butler and he's not your genie. He is the boss. And he says this, uh, this word lawlessness is a refusal to acknowledge his right to rule in our lives. And beloved, we can't shine. We can't reflect something that we are putting under a, bucket, a, a basket. As you know, it says here, in, the case, in this case here, um, for any of us that are presently in this place where our light has been dimmed because of sin, because we've practiced, because we've refused to acknowledge him as God in our lives, it means that we're likely to become disconnected, not only to him, but also to his body. If you want your light to shine again, you need to go to the power source. You and I today need to go back to the King of Kings. We need to understand he's the one that gave the light. He doesn't take it back. If we're not shining it, there's things that are muffling it and closing it off. As you know, no light in our physical world is self-sustaining. This light, every other light needs to be plugged to a power source. We too need a power source. If lights get disconnected from their power source, they eventually lose their charge, they're weakened, they die, or they burn out. Likewise, we have to consciously recharge our connection by replenishing our oil in our lamps. Now, the oil represents the spirit, God's spirit in our life. According to verse 7 in 2 Corinthians 4, it says that in this treasure, this jar of clay, I have the all-surpassing power from God, and it's not from us. 
So for us to say, I can, I don't know how to go through, it's really you do not understand that all-surpassing power. God gives his people a measure of his spirit to carry within us, which is the oil that should be feeding the light we reflect. But that little light is not yet complete and will not become all that it should unless we tend to it. That means that we have to actually understand the importance of the word and the Holy Spirit leading us, his authority, his leadership. When we don't understand, the oil in our lamps stay very low and our lights are very, very dim. I need the Holy Spirit to take full control of my life. Now, it's a sobering thought because we see a lot more more warnings in a scripture. And this one here is Matthew 25, 1 to 13. And I'm going to read it real quick. And it's not on, it's not on the thing. So if you want to open your Bibles to that, you're, you, you could, but let me read it to you. The New Living Translation, it says this, and I think you know this parable. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 bridesmaids who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for their lamp, but the other five were wise enough to take a lot of extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. Well, I think that's what happened to the church in the last, fair, last many years. We all became drowsy and we fell asleep because the foolish and the wise fell asleep at the same time. At midnight, they were aroused by a shout, look, the bridegroom is coming, come out and meet him. And all the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish, foolish ones asked the others, please, can you give me some of what you have? My lamp is going out, I need your oil. But while, and he says, but the others replied, we don't have enough for all of you. Go to the shop and buy some for yourself. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of you. And I just said that. I must have to say it again. Go to the shop and buy some for yourself. But while they were gone to buy the oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was locked. I think that is what's scary. The door gets locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us, please. We're here. Our lamp, I got oil. Just can you open the door? But he called back to them, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the day or the hour of his return. See, the five foolish virgins, or the bridesmaids, Fail to heed the warnings to prepare and to be alert. Will we be found with the five foolish? We have been warned. We have been told to be prepared. We've asked. God has been telling us, don't wait for somebody else to get your, your food. You need to grow. You need to be active in how you are going to walk out with God, with his word, with prayer, with his people. You need to understand what he's asking you to do. See, Paul makes it very clear that not only are we to be reflecting God's light but it should be becoming part of who we are why is it that after years of listening to truth it is not part of who we are we leave the church and we actually practice things we should not be practicing it's literally it should be poor a portion of our inheritance this is what we see in Colossians 1 12 and we're coming to an end I have maybe another 40 minutes 
just in case you guys were asleep. Says this, he says, give thanks to God, our Father, who has qualified you and I as partakers of the inheritance of the saints of the light. Okay, we're called saints of the light. Okay, he has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom. You see, because he is light and we are his children, our inheritance is the light. You see, see, we worry about, you know, we're, we're so, we focus on our insecurities. We focus on all of our failures. God doesn't even do that. He gave you the light to get up and to reflect what he has for you. So, but that's where trust and obedience with the Holy Spirit comes into play. For many believers, for, for many believers, their lamps are empty this morning. They play the part, but nobody is fooled by it. You are at risk right now if you don't start preparing yourself. You need to return back to God and grab a hold of what he's already asked you. That means he's already revealed what you needed to do. We have to stop resisting him. Even when we have God's spirit and are reflecting his light, we have to watch out for the impact in what we are living in right now. Don't get consumed with the news. Don't spend more time seeking the news than you're seeking God. Because I can tell you, those values, those informations will start reflecting in your life. We must be constantly on the Lord. This is why we need each other to shine, to expose, to reveal areas in our lives that do not reflect the light of God. We need each other to shine brightly together. Yes, one person can shine, but did you ever imagine if there was a whole lot of us shining? The brilliance of all of us coming together and shining our lights? Can you imagine it? You're, you're not imagining it. Oh, I imagined it at 4 o'clock this morning. I'm imagining it. I'm going, oh, God, yes. We are living in a very dark time, beloved. God's people have lost their way. People in the world need to see the light that shines through us. They need hope. They need the reality of what we're standing on. And I see this play out every day. I'm going to skip this verse, but if you want to see what's being played out today, is this John 3, 19, 21. I'm going to skip it because I want to finish off. At the end of 21, verse 21 says, whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. Whoever lives by the truth comes into the light. So if God is convicting you right now, and if you're one who said that you want this and you're willing, then you must live by the truth and come in to the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. God will not be mocked, beloved. He already planned out your life. He had a purpose for your life, and part of it is to reflect who he is. And just like Paul in Acts 26, I believe God is telling us the same thing he told Paul. Jesus told Paul that he was being sent at the Damascus roads. He was sent to open the eyes of those that had their eyes closed because of sin, to turn them from the darkness to light, that they may receive forgiveness of their sin and an inheritance amongst those who are sanctified by faith in him. You see, people need someone to bring them to that place. We were meant to live as lights in this dark world. The question is, is this, are we reflecting the light or are we reflecting what this world 
is going through. As our light dimmed, that no one can actually recognize that Jesus is Lord in your life. Have we failed to see the signs of the time and have not prepared and not gone to get the extra oil to get ready for what's coming? So let me remind you and encourage you with this last verse this morning. It's in Ephesians 5, 8 to 11. He says, for once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. Live as people of light. And it says, uh, for this light within you produces only what is good, right, and true. That light cannot produce darkness. It cannot produce bad fruit. It cannot produce, you know, all of these things that don't reflect God. Something else is producing that, not the light that's within you. Light not only illuminates, it warms. I need to ask you, the next time that you're with someone, you need to remember your light will emit a heat to others. Therefore, when believers are the true light, they warm people's hearts, they provoke them to love God and others, they, impact the, they, they bring an impact in other people's lives and help them to repent from bitterness and anger and selfishness. By loving, believers can warm up their homes, their marriages, their workplace, and their communities. But beloved, I have to tell you, we are so consumed and defined by something else that when we go to other places, we're not reflecting that warmth or that light, and people need to see it. Some of our friends and sisters and brothers need to, be, need to help to get these things exposed in their lives. All I do most of the time is realign people back to the cross. There are some who never want to talk to me again, but that's okay. Because one day when they face the King of Kings, my name won't be on their lips. Because I have always loved you guys enough to expose and reveal those areas that's causing you not to reflect like you should. One day, I want to finish with a story that John MacArthur uh, used, and it's a fitting conclusion to living as light in a dark world. He said this, it is said that Robert uh, Murray McShaney, a, a godly Scottish minister of the last century, that as he walked, people would see his face, and his face would carry so much of a hollowed expression that, uh, that people were known to fall on their knees and accept Jesus Christ as Savior when they looked to him. Others were so attracted by the self-giving beauty and holiness in this man's life that they found his master so irresistible that they ran to whom he called out God. We want to be like that, don't you? This is not just me wanting this, where people can see the compassion and the love of Christ in me. When people can understand that my way of being patient and gracious doesn't come because of an individual, it comes because that individual is saying yes to the spirit and that spirit reflects the light to others. We are so self-absorbed and self you know, uh, focus that we fail to understand that light is there to give us the power we need. So my prayer this morning is that is this. This is what I said to the Lord. Oh Lord, let my light so reflect who you are that many will find you irresistible. 
Help me to expose the darkness in others so that their light can shine brightly once again. Let me not be afraid, but courageous to keep shining, reflecting, revealing until you come again. That was my prayer this morning, and I hope that that is your prayer today. If you have not a clue what I was talking about today, well, let me tell you, that light is there for you. You might be so filled with darkness that you never realize by accepting the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, he ushers in this light to dispend the darkness that is residing in your heart, in your soul, in your mind. But it will require that you surrender not only your life, but your will to the care and control of Christ. That's where most people stop. But look at your life. Look as how you have held on to the reins all of these years for fear that God does not love you. When the word of God is so clear that he loved you so much that he already showed you through his son. But not only that, beloved, if you do not know what this light of God is all about in your life, because you have not prepared, because you have such a dim light or you've put your light under a bushel, because you were afraid to be rejected. God is calling you out of that darkness and he's calling you home to something much greater. But he'll need you to follow. He'll need you to follow. I can't do it for you, but I'm, I'm setting a pace. And I'm hoping that everybody will take the pace with me because I believe that when we do, one after the other will line up and the brilliance of that remnant of people will so reflect him that everybody will, will see him as irresistible and run to him. I believe we can walk like this. So let me pray for you today. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for this word. We thank you for your grace and your strength. Um, that has just been here. It's been evident. You're speaking to us. You're loving us. You want to forgive us. You want to bring us home. You want to call us to that place of the supernatural. God, you have a plan for us, and it's not one that will harm us, but one that will give us hope for the future. And many of us as your people, we have forgotten that you are the light that has been brought into our life because of the Holy Spirit. God, we ask, Lord, that you would shine in the minds of the people who are on, online and right now in, the, in person. God, we ask that you would give us understanding and just a willingness to understand that you are greater than this darkness, that you're calling us to live as light in a dark world but never sending us alone, that the very light that's in us is you. And God, I'm asking, Lord, for a, just a, a revelation I'm asking for an open heaven, a breakthrough. I'm asking for healing. I'm asking God for just an understanding of how great your love is for each and every one of us today. And God, I love you, and I thank you, Lord, for what you've done. And I'm asking, Lord, that everybody would leave knowing that they are children of light, and God is trying to expose things that have dimmed our light. And because of your love, God, we can receive forgiveness and compassion and mercy at your throne. 
And thank you, Lord, for just being who you are, just absolutely amazing on our behalf. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming out. Remember, you're going out this way today. If you are here for the meeting, please come. For those online, thank you for joining us, and may God go with you and keep you. And hopefully we will see you again next week as we do our Christmas message to prepare us for Christmas Day. Have a wonderful day.